most of us are very very small businesses um, we are not amazon we don't have any plans to go to the moon or you know flying rockets into the space we're just normal people uh, trying to make a difference in other people's lives and the planet's life and the planet's health hello and welcome to the make an impact podcast with heidi fisher and today's guest arshad khalid founder and director of esikana Ethicana is a social enterprise which works with artisan producers. It's artisan heroes. Ethicana's mission is to preserve traditional and often nearly extinct art and craft techniques. Many of the toys it sells are made using methods passed down through generations of artisans over hundreds of years, but they're also far more sustainable than throwaway toys made of plastic. He tells us what prompted his decision to start Ethicana in 2017 after working in IT and as a programmer for over 20 years. We find out what it means to be part of the eBay for Change program. Ethicana was selected for its very first cohort. Horrifyingly, 80% of toys are thrown away within two weeks and they're packed with plastics and chemicals that damage the environment now and for the future. But there is an alternative, as Arshad explains. He's an accidental social entrepreneur, he explains what that means, and describes how Ethicana measures its impact in this inspirational episode of the Make an Impact podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the Make an Impact podcast and today I'm joined by Arshad who's one of our board members for Make an Impact. Um, but Arshad, I'd love for you to introduce what you do when you're not being a board member for us. <laughs> tell everyone Hi Heidi and about everyone, yourself. thanks for having me on this podcast, really um, nice to be here. Uh, I am obviously a board member for, for, for Make an Impact uh, but I also run my own social enterprise called Ethicana which I started in 2017. Um, the main premise of Ethicana is sustainable livelihoods with a focus on um, preserving nearly extinct arts and giving employment to uh, more women artisans um, in India and around the world. Wow, that sounds amazing. And don't forget that you being a board member is just a teeny weeny bit of what you do. This is actually what you do as your like your whole life oh, yes. job yeah so <laughs> yes yes it, it, it is my it is my my full-time job being uh, running Ethicana and and working with my artisan heroes as I call them because they're they're if they weren't there then Ethicana wouldn't exist so um yeah I I really love working with them I um it, it's been a journey but uh the more I got into it the more I enjoy it um and it's just uh it, it is it's it's one of my passions in life to to just you know to to bring those back, bring back those arts um, back to life and um, and help them, and also because uh, and what what a lot of what a lot of us have realized is that um, these traditional art forms which are kind of going away are quite sustainable. Uh, they use sustainable materials. They use sustainable practices, and they're earth friendly. Um, and we're kind of losing them because, you know, people are going towards these plastic things and plastic, you know, accessories and use and throw culture that we are so used to, whereas these things last you for a lifetime. Wow. Before we get into the the sustainable art, I'm just curious, how how did you get into doing this in the first place? You know, what what prompted you to to set up Eticana and and do this work? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very interesting story. But um, so as I said, in Eticana was started in 2017. But before that, I was an IT person. Um, so I started off as a programmer, 
you know, way back when in 1999, 1998, in fact, um, and then spent 21 years in IIT doing different roles. Um, and uh, I had a very fruitful career. Um, but in uh, 2016, I read an article in The Guardian about these um, toy makers in the south of India whom I'd never heard about, even though I'd grown up in India. Um, and I decided to go and meet them. And why I decided to do that also is also quite interesting, because when I was quite young, growing up in the um, 80s, um, I was about probably 12 or 13 years old, and I just learned about how cooperatives had helped the farmers of India after independence. And, you know, growing up in India, I grew up in the old city of Delhi, and um, we had lots of artisans uh, on the streets. We had lots of artisanal products at home. We had earthen pitchers, earthen clay pots, uh, clay pots uh, for cooking, baskets, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we, I grew up with all of those things, and I could see the decline of those artisans um, in front of my own eyes. And people turning to plastic because, um, you know, plastic was a new thing, and it lasted long, and, you know, it was cheaper um, not that the artisans were selling their things at a very high price, but still people were haggling with them on price. And slowly and steadily, I could see that they were disappearing from the street. So that's what I, you know, I, I, I learned about the cooperatives in my social sciences uh, at that time, uh, as we used to call it. And um, uh, and then I thought, hmm, maybe there's a, there should be something that could be done for the artisans as as we did for the farmers. But um, then, as you say, as they say, life happens. Uh, <laughs> I grew up and uh, wanted to become a doctor, didn't become a doctor, and then went into the next best thing, which was IT. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I spent a very fruitful 21 years in IT. And that's when I uh, when I read that article in 2016 about those uh, those artisans. I thought, OK, I have to go back to my 13 year old self and, you know, and and go and do something about this. And I went and met them. I loved what they did, and that's how Ethicana started, really. Oh my goodness me! It's it sounds like um, it was your lifetime mission to do this. <laughs> you just didn't realize. Like yeah, yeah. childhood dream, if you like, and you know, my my calling, if you like. Yeah, it's like very much. It's like every everything sort of um, transpired that you would read that one article and and go on to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit more about the artisans and and their work and, and what they get up to. <laughs> um, it's, um, I mean, as I said, you know, I started with with these uh, artisans in, in the south of India in a small village called Chandapatna, which is near Bangalore. Um, I say near, it's about 150 kilometers outside of Bangalore. Um, but um they uh so th this art came to india from from iran uh, probably 300 years ago and then it stayed there and, and these are these toys are made using sustainably sourced wood and colored using things like turmeric lime indigo and you know all natural colors uh, so very sustainable very good for the environment safe for the environment safe for the kids etc um so this had been going on for years and years, but then now it is in decline. And now, um, thank, uh, thanks to uh, the efforts of people like us, um, people like social enterprises like us, uh, th this it's getting a little bit better and people are getting trained. Uh, lots of um, Most of the artisans that are involved in this um, toy making business are women, which is amazing to see. 
And I recently returned from a trip um, to Chennapatna, in fact, all over India, which I'll tell you about in a second. Um, and it was great to see that new blood is coming into the to the trade, and they are learning that skill. And they and these women, these uh, young women, young mothers, or even older women, they're they're willing to to train up and um, and uh, you know uh, help themselves economically, and they're they're willing to do that. And they're crossing boundaries in a way because you know a traditional society doesn't let women work um, very well, especially in villages but they are willing to do that and they are taking that step, which was amazing to see. Uh, three years ago, I met um, a young artisan, young mother who had just had a child, I think he was about eight or nine months old. And she was um, working in the uh, in the workshop and she could work because there was a child, um, uh, you know, child care facility available there. Uh, but now, three years later, she has become a trainer and she's training other women. So that's that was really um, amazing to see in, in this trip, uh, her progression all through those years. Wow. So you, th- this trip, does this mean there's, there's an expansion of, of um, artisans because you've met more on your trip around yeah. India? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'd already been working with some of them. Uh, so Chandapatna is obviously one example whom I'd been working with. Um, I also met some artisans who have been doing this for five generations um, and, you know, uh, obviously going back to the, going back 200 years. Um, and then I, <laughs> this time my trip spanned almost the length of the country from Kashmir to Jaipur to, to Bangalore, which is oh my gosh. quite a bit, quite a bit of a distance. Um, and I met these wonderful artisans in Kashmir um, who their art has such a finesse uh, to it, um, uh, papier-mâché art, which is all made using recycled waste paper. And they create these beautiful articles, um, uh, all decorative items or trinket boxes and things like that. And it's all hand-drawn. It's a labor-intensive process. Um, and I've seen the whole process, you know, how the women create the create the pulp and then, the, then somebody makes a mold and then somebody else draws and finishes the entire product and it, it it is a joy to watch and also a little bit heartbreaking because you know they don't get what they are actually what they actually deserve for that um for for that art um but yeah that that's one of the lines that um i'm exploring and i'm working with them i've, I've decided to work with them because you know this this time i could go and see them and meet them and meet the artisans and you know all of that so um i that's how i work i have to go and see the people and see the process and understand the process and that's how I, I can talk about it and then in Jaipur I work with this uh, women's refuge um, which is a beautiful campus they've got in again outside of Jaipur um, in a village they've got their own cows so they've got their fresh milk and you know they, they run a school for young uh, children um, with science classes and you know helping the children to grow their curiosity and everything and their mothers um, can come and work and learn skills um, because they're obviously running from all sorts of different things um, in, in the society. And then they they learn block printing. They've just started doing a screen printing class. Um, and, I, and I met this little, not little anymore. <laughs> She's a young woman, um, but she grew up in that um, in that in that campus. Um, and now she she's she's done her schooling. She's finished her schooling, and now she's waiting to get into university. 
So in this time, she is just learning block printing and she's also helping other women. Full of energy, full of life. Um, Sita, her name is, and um, she, she, her ambition is to become a police officer, which is, uh, again, great to see that, you know, you can, with a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of right opportunity, you can, you know, somebody can go from, um, you know, very little life chances to um, amazing uh, careers and amazing futures. And now yeah. that's what that's what I like about Ethicana. That's what I like the, the human stories behind it. Uh, the the people, like you know, the the uh, the girl, the woman who became a trainer, Salima, and um, Sita, who's going on to become a police officer. And these, um, well, let's see how how it goes in Kashmir with the artisans, and uh, if you can train up some new blood and uh, and uh, get this uh, keep this art going. Wow, it's it sounds amazing. It sounds really impactful in terms of the the difference it's making to people's lives. Uh, in terms of the the art, you know, you say you you've seen you've been and looked at and watched them and understand the process. Was was that something completely new to you, or did you know anything about art before you you um, embarked on this journey? <laughs> um, well, um, Kashmiri art I grew up with um, because, you know, my aunt used to go to Kashmir a lot. She was a professor. And so she used to go to Kashmir a lot at the time. And she used to bring back these beautiful articles. And I and I knew that they were made from paper, but I didn't know the entire process. So they, looking at the process really gave me an, a new connection to it. Um, but you know, toy making is a completely different thing i mean i had never seen something like that being done and uh you know when people ask me oh there's a varnish on it I said, no there isn't a varnish on it it's actually all natural colors and then i that can explain to them I, that you know the, the shine on the toys is not coming from any varnish it's coming from natural oils and natural food grade resin um that has been applied to it um again say, same with the um uh, women in jaipur um, the block printing process, I've seen it before, but actually seeing it up close and personal um, and seeing them create those beautiful designs or, or you know, the katha stitch, which is happening, which they also create and, you know, layering the things one on top of the other and then creating beautiful things out of it. So all of that, it just, it just gives you, it just brings you closer to the, to the product. And, you know, it's not just a product anymore. It's actually people who are making the product and that's very important for me that you know the uh, the, the people behind it get due recognition and, and I can tell their stories um, and and you know they're they're the actual heroes I'm just a um, facilitator fixer kind of person um, between them and the and the wider world. How does it work then so you, you've made all these connections in India what where where can people access all, all these products from the artisans uh, so um uh, our online home is ethicana.com uh, where you can buy everything um some things will come uh, will become available later in the year as i said you know there are lots of projects i'm working with with kashmiri artisans or with the uh, with uh, women's refuge in jaipur um there will be um um i don't know what what sort of timeline it will be but i think later in the uh, probably second or third half of the year They'll be uh, available on our website, but um, other things which have been going on, like the toys, the greeting cards. Oh yeah, gre- greeting cards are made in Rwanda and giving life, you know, uh, positive life chances to young adults who were often during the, um, the genocide or you know disease and war. So again, they get safe working environments. They learn to recycle the paper. They learn to create the designs and all of that. So that again is is a very interesting 
project and I, I love working in them and I can see the life stories again changing from you know, in 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 those young adults that I've been working with. So yeah, the greeting cards are there. Uh, there are there are already some um, products from the women's refuge in Jaipur, uh, the Katha stitch scarves or the uh, or the or the block print scarves. So yeah, that's all all there. I'm also part of the eBay for Change program. I was very lucky to be selected as one of the first cohort um, people. Uh, eBay for Change is a partnership between social enterprise, WFTO and eBay, of course. And uh, yeah, so you can find us on eBay. Um, and of course, we're also on all social media channels. Excellent. So there's lots of places where people can access all these beautiful products. It sounds yeah. amazing. You talked there about getting more products from um, artisans across um, locations in India. Is that the plan to keep expanding? What you know, what's what's the future look like? <laughs> yes, yes. So it's 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 India, of course, mainly because that's you know I know the country very well. Um, but I also um, uh, went and saw some people in Cairo. Um, um, they are called the, you know, the, they're traditionally called the Zabalin, the, the garbage collectors. Um, but it's a huge colony. And um, but what they do really well is create some beautiful things out of, you know, out of uh, I would say garbage. But no, not garbage. It's not really garbage. You know, they, they it, it's a, um, it's the they recycle what they can and create these beautiful things. So I have been working with them for a while as well. So that there'll be some things from them um, as well, giving them better life chances and, you know, giving them, uh, creating more impact over there as well. And of course, Rwanda, um, that, that's still going on. Uh, the new products from Kashmir, yeah, that's, um, <laughs> they will be there on the side. So yeah, it's, it is, it is slowly expanding. It's, um, it, there will be a lot more things going on with Etikana in the, the near future. Wow. It, it's, just sounds so exciting and um it's it's really unique in terms of the types of art that you're you're bringing and making more accessible to people um I'm I'm not much of an art person so I I don't know a lot about it but the way you describe it 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 sounds really really detailed and uh, people really invest a lot of their time and energy into the end products so Mm um it's oh yeah sorry i forgot to mention um i've actually also been working with um another social enterprise uh whom you also know skills three um teresa and carla uh who are based in dubai and they work with refugee women so yeah they there's also some things um from from them and you will see a few more things from them so again again about sustainable livelihoods preserving you know the the art forms the the craft of of these refugee women so yeah that's also (laughs) that's also part of uh the next um next phase yeah yeah I do know Teresa and Carla I saw Carla the other day she was over in um, the UK so um, I happened to to see her um that was nice um you talk a a lot about sustainability um what what are your perspectives and views around sustainability (laughs) um so sustainability to me is about um using materials which can be which are sustainable, which don't harm the planet. Um, uh, there's a very sobering statistic that I read a while ago, for example, uh, just one example, that the toy industry we think is, um, is you know, it's, it's cute and cuddly, but 80% of the toys produced are thrown within two weeks of use. 
Um, oh my gosh. And most of these toys are made using plastic and they're colored with chemicals and they've got electronics in them, which are leaching into the environment. And, you know, they, they, they just create problems for us, create problems for our future generations and, and so on and so forth. I could go on about this. Um, so that's just one example. Um, and again, if we, um, uh, so if we can switch from those plastics and chemicals and, and cheap electronics and, and move to move back to wooden toys and more sustainable um, toys, again, you know, that'll be, that'll be a huge, that'll make a huge difference to the planet's life and, and health. Um, similarly with other things like, you know, our accessories, you know, are we, there, there's so many advances going on in, in fabrics, you know, the, the cotton is of course there, cotton is a natural fiber, but cotton requires a lot of water, but there are things like milk fiber, there's banana fabric, there's this, that, which are far more sustainable than, 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 uh, you know, the, the, the nylon or the, or the <laughs> rayon that we, that we tend to, um, buy very easily and quickly. So if we can switch from those, to to natural fibers and you know that that again will help and that's the whole point of of my working with all of these people as well that you know i yes their their art their crafts is uh already quite earth friendly but if they have some if they if some practices have crept in which are not sustainable then i make sure that you know they those practices are taken out and and we uh, reinstate uh, more earth-friendly things. For example, you know, we're not using any plastic in the packaging. We're not using any um, any chemical dyes in the in the coloring process. Um, so yeah, all of those things um, are are there, uh, and that's what and oh, <laughs> that's the product side of it. But also the development of people, um, uh, because when people like them, people like these artisans who are practicing all of these art forms, and when they can get good chances in life, then you know we can. And sustainable livelihoods and that's what also is part of the sustainable process or sustainability as a as a big picture so yeah that for me that is a huge um important aspect of it as well wow yeah sounds sounds good um so just um before before we finish one out of curiosity why did you set up as a, a social enterprise um given that you your your life's work has always been in it why did you select a, a social enterprise <laughs> i tell you what um i just set it up as a company uh, mm-hmm. i did not know about social enterprise when i set it up um it's all thanks to my wife who said to me once i set it up and she said you know what you're doing there's this thing called social enterprise and have you looked at this and i said really Okay, let me have a look at that. And that's when I realized, oh, yes, I am doing something similar. In fact, I'm doing exactly the same thing. And uh, yeah, that's when I said, okay, this is going to be a social enterprise. This is, this is, um, this is what it's going to be. And this is a, a new way of doing business because I like the whole concept of social enterprise. I like the whole concept of fair trade. Um, it, it is, I've always been a big proponent of it. Um, and yeah, social enterprise is a is a model that can be applied to a lot of things. And if we did that to a lot of other businesses, you know, we won't we probably won't have those kind of problems that we have in the world right now. Yeah, definitely. So you were I've class as an accidental social entrepreneur in the, <laughs> you were doing it, but you didn't realize that it had a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Within the first few months, thankfully, I realized like, you know, after two or three months, like, oh, okay, yes, there's this thing. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, as, as an impact person, I do have to ask you this question. How do you measure your impact? <laughs> um, so the impact measurement uh, is, is, is done through um, uh, interactions with people, um, what kind of progress that they're making. Um, I don't have any um, uh, formal tools to measure this impact, but it's just the, the, the interviews that I do, the people that I, the, uh, you know, the meetings I have with people. And uh, as I said, you know, the, the trip that I just took, undertook, uh, I could see the change in people and, and the economic well-being and the, uh, and the social well-being of these people. Uh, and that's what, that's what my measurement relies on currently. The story side, which is, is really, really important. It, yeah. it is um, if if you if you don't tell the stories, you you miss a lot of the depth in in terms yeah. of the impact, don't you? So, yes, yes exactly. Definitely. So it's all about the human stories behind it, and you know that's what I like, and that's what I that's what my uh, mission is. Yeah, sounds good. Right, is there anything else that you'd like to share with with the um, listeners on the podcast today? Um, well, I think we've covered everything, but I think uh, just to end it all, I would say if you are buying something, if you want, if you're looking to buy a gift or, or anything for anyone, for yourself, for your child, for your children, um, please make sure you're buying from an ethical business. If it's a social enterprise, even better. If it's fair trade, even better because social enterprise and fair trade, obviously, they, you know, they're, they're very similar. Um, yeah, so. And most of us are very, very small businesses. Um, we are not Amazon. We don't have any plans to go to the moon or, you know, flying rockets into the space. We're just normal people uh, trying to make a difference in other people's lives and the planet's life and the planet's health. And we would really love to um, uh, to get your support. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the, the, the you, you might do a little dance around the room if if someone buys from absolutely from every you. time every yeah. time <laughs> versus um amazon um where you know it's just a, a automated process <laughs> yeah it's a it's a drop in the ocean for them you know whenever you buy something i know it's cheap but you know cheap doesn't always equate to eco-friendly i know people are 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 uh, worried about cost of living but again you know if you buy something just quality it'll last you a lifetime yeah definitely all right well Arshad thank you so much for joining me today it's been lovely hearing more about what, what you get up to and um, your passion for it so thank you for joining me today thank you so much you've been listening to the make an impact podcast with me Heidi Fisher why does everyone have to make impact measurement and management so complicated well they don't Heidi Fisher and her social enterprise, Make an Impact, community interest company, can demystify it. Make an Impact provides a range of integrated and bespoke services, removing the confusion around social impact measurement, reporting and management, plus producing social impact and SROI reports. So get in touch if you'd like help with your impact measurement, management developing impact-led strategies to maximise your social impact and developing products, services and sustainable sources of income to grow your organisation too. Visit makeanimpactcic.co.uk and thanks for listening.